Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking on District 4 athletics and activities week in, week out. Brandon Maney joined by our District 4 expert. Is that Vol Boy? Volley Boy? Voila Boy? Scott Burton, <laughs> what's up? Oh, my word. Uh, it's Vol Boy. And uh, it's because we have a, a little vol infestation. You know what a vol is? Uh, no, I, I'm not familiar with that. They are, they're little rodents. They're about that big. They're like oversized mice. And this year around the valley, they have been out of control and they tear up fields. You know, so if you walk into like, a, whether it's a field or a pasture, and you see the holes in the ground, and then maybe like these little trails that almost look like they're underneath the ground, but you can see them, you know, kind of standing up just a little bit. Those are voles, and they are horrible to get rid of. And uh, it's they, they come in cycles, and we're in one right now where, you know, I walk out onto our practice field and a little bit of our soccer field and, you know, a tiny part, part of our football field, and I'll be dang, there they are. Not not them, you know, but they're holes, they're burrows, you know? And so we're fighting that right now, trying to get them out of there. I'm, I'm like an eyelash away from like going Carl Spackler on this whole place. Right. And uh, just blowing it up Caddyshack style and let's get it on. Or I come out on a weekend with my 22 and I just start throwing things in there and just picking them off when they come out of their holes, but they're awful. I don't recommend them. I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't put Carl Spackler as your name on the, the, the famous Bill Murray oh. character from Caddyshack who had Gosh, go, for, go for problems. I should have. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. That would, that would have been the perfect, perfect one. Actually, you know what? Let's do it. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Those of you that are watching on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel are going to get to see Scott change his on-screen name here from Volboy to Carl Spackler. Uh, if you're listening audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, you really should check out the video version every once in a while. It's on the idahosports.com YouTube channel, and it is definitely worth it just to see what type of name Scott will choose each time uh, <laughs> underneath his his video screen. So, yeah, um, thank you. You saved me on that one. I I was struggling because believe it or not, I'll 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 prep as much for my name as I will for the other stuff, and I'm I could not come up with anything. Uh, but you saved me, Brandon. Well done. Well, let's hope your postseason preparations are going a little bit better than some teams that are already behind the eight ball as district baseball mm -hmm. and softball tournaments have started. We're going to break down the brackets for you here. This is one of our bracket shows. Uh, we will uh, put the brackets up on the screen. So again, if you're watching this at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, you're going to be able to see the brackets up on your screen. If you're listening audio only, that's cool. Uh, we have all the district brackets on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. You can just follow along that way as well. Uh, just for simplicity's sake, we'll go baseball, then softball, and we'll start at 4A, and we'll just work our way down to the 1A ranks. And so let me get my screen set up here, Scott. And so we will start in the Great Basin Conference for baseball. This is a seven-team affair. It's actually starting today. We are recording this on Thursday, May 4th. 
there are games that are actually uh, underway, Scott, including the play-in game where Jerome, the seven seed, is playing Canyon Ridge, the six seed. They're playing that game in Burley because the winner has to turn around and play the Bobcats uh, right after this play-in game is finished. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough place to be in. That 6-7 game, the way our conference is set up is, uh, you know, it used to be to where seven never even got to participate. And then we decided, all right, let's have six and seven, have a play-in game at the number three seed. Winner of that will turn around and play up like a doubleheader. And right now, Canyon Ridge and Jerome are battling it out as we speak. I don't have an updated score, but um, that matchup right there is is a pretty good one. I mean, they split on the season, and uh, Jerome winning the latest one, 11-1. to 1. And uh, the thing about Canyon Ridge is, you know, they're not a bad team. They, they have really kind of one pitcher, I believe, and, and that's why they're not really going anywhere. Meanwhile, for Jerome, they're starting a bevy of freshmen, you know, so they are young, you know, two seniors, and, and uh, so it's rebuilding – growth for for that bunch but you know you get into this great basin conference brandon and you know you can't help but just look at the dominance that twin has had running the table in the conference undefeated record um coach stadelmeyer again and his boys out there getting it done twin is a baseball town uh spring sports roll around it's twin baseball twin softball well twin track too twin and twin well used to be twin golf (laughs) (laughs) right so we moved them to the fall. They can't own the entire spring. Um, but uh, spring sports and twin are very, very good. And baseball is right there. Yeah, Twin Falls is the one seed. Minico is the two seed. And so they get uh, first round buys. Burley, the three seed, as we mentioned, will play the winner of Canyon Ridge and Jerome tonight. And then you've got an interesting four versus five matchup as well. Wood River, the four seed. Uh, hosting Mountain Home, the five seed. Scott, is this their first home game of the year, postseason opener? Um, it's second not. It's not. I think it's it, – well, here's here's the thing. They're, I think they played up at Wood River two home games. And I was talking to Kevin Stilling, their AD, earlier today. And I think what is going to happen is they got hit again with some weather. And so I think what they're going to be doing is is moving that game out of Wood River, and they may be playing in Jerome. So okay. we're working on that part of it right now. So, yeah, it, nothing so, new. Wood River so, battling the elements. So I take it that game is not happening today. Uh, no, it is not. So they are, I think, going to move that here tomorrow. So I got to get a hold of Kevin tonight and work out the, the details. So, but, you know, going back to the teams – yeah, that is an interesting matchup because, you know, we talked a little bit about it last time. That you don't know what you're going to get right now with Wood River. I mean, Wood River's not a bad team. Um, I still think they're trying to find themselves uh, because they don't really – haven't hit a groove. I mean, Coach Lawton's been trying to find dirt, and it's hard to kind of gel a team when you're just trying to find infield. Um, but I, I really do think that it, it will be an interesting battle. If you look past Twin, I mean, Twin is – Twins formula for baseball is set for state tournaments. They, they've got pitching, they have timely hitting, and they've got defense. And that's really Twins' MO. I mean, they're not going to win games 15 to nothing. They're going to get out and beat you three to one, you know, four to two. And they're going to manufacture a couple of those runs behind some, 
some great pitching and solid defense. And I think the thing that people forget about Twin is they are solid defensively. I mean, their fielding percentage this year is 92.6 or 9.926, you know, which means that they're not committing a whole lot of errors. Solid defense, a 3.5 ERA, um, and they only strike out 15% of the time, which means it's only three times a game. Of the 21 outs in a game, three of them are strikeouts for Twins. So they're getting the bat on the ball. Everything that makes a team good, Twin embodies. You know, And they've got some you know, decent players. Salah's the ball hitting 500 on the year with 13 doubles. But you know, that's a team that is number one for a reason, is because they're built that way and they've got the pieces. So I think the interesting battle is going to be that second spot because there's two teams coming out of here. Minico finished second. Um, Minico, you know, they, they've got two pitchers. And if you can get past one of them, you've got a chance because they're not a crazy offensive team. I mean, they're only hitting 253 on the year, but they do have a couple of solid pitchers in Salazar and maybe. And uh, between them, you know, they've got 88 strikeouts to 33 walks between those two pitchers. You know, but what do you do after that? You know, uh, they have a sophomore Murphy that contributes um, with a really decent ERA, but the control issues from the sophomore, you know, uh, they're interesting. And then Burley, Burley's coming in one of the hotter teams in the conference, winning six of their last eight. You know, um, they've got a couple of decent hitters in Robinson and, and Brookings, you know, hitting 426 and 418 respectively, but that Brookings kid is really solid on the mound, a 1.67 ERA with 65 strikeouts. But you know what? After that is where Burley runs into some issues. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought up Bronson Brookings because I feel like he has been very underrated all year long. Mm He's just quietly kind of been going about his business, kind of like Burley as a team. Um, And you're right. Baseball, because our baseball talk is going to be different than our softball talk because in softball, the same pitcher pitches 400 million innings and it doesn't matter in baseball. It's a little different and you have yeah. to have a pitching staff. And so twin falls, you mentioned um, Nolan Hardesty has the lowest ERA I've seen of any pitcher this year, 0.17 an 017 ERA for yeah. Nolan Hardesty at the top. He's been great. Salaza ball has been great. Uh, Calvary Leiser has been great for twin. You mentioned Minico's got two guys. I think that's why it's important that Minico got that by, because if things go their way, they're, they'll only have to use those two pitchers. Um, whereas Burley is going to have to find a way after Brookins to cobble together, you know, who's going to step up and, and assume that second and third role. Uh, and that's exactly right, too. And it, it's all about the depth of pitching, really, when you get to baseball. And, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, Hardesty, you know, the, the 0.17 ERA, 5-1 and one on the year. Uh, I mean, his numbers are out of the park, 96 strikeouts to 14 walks. You know, I mean, if you look at Twin, they've always got an ace. And then they've got ace B and ace C, you know, and uh, it's, it, it is about the pitching. At the end of the day, it's about the pitching. And if you don't have any depth there, eh, you'll win a game. And if you get lucky, maybe two. But after that, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how pitching is used as well. Do you, and this is the age-old question, we talk about it every year, you know, do, do you save your guy, your top gun um, for, for the future? Do you try and push all in and win now? Different coaches have different thoughts based upon how their teams 
stack up. It, it infamously backfired on Kimberly at state last year where they were up in the first game in the opening round with their number two starter. They pulled him to try and save him for the third day. Well, the guy that came in blew the lead Kimberly lost. And then the pitching plan went out the window anyways. And so it's always very interesting to me how coaches choose to, because there's no right answer, but it's interesting to see, you know, how they decide which way they want to go. Do you save the bullets for, for future rounds or do you just try to win now and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow? Yeah. And that is that, that is the interesting question. And that's where managers get their, you know, earn their pay in in the major leagues in high school they earn their pennies and so it's it's always an interesting thing you're a hero if it works you're a goat uh, but you're kind of a fool if you don't if it doesn't work out for you so uh, that's always the interesting thing but it's always nice to have three four pitchers to choose from instead of just one or two which is really kind of what the rest of the conference has for sure. So in this bracket specifically, we both like Twin Falls a lot. Second spot really could be could be Minico, could be Burley. Maybe Wood River catches lightning in a bottle, and they've got potential as well. You're right. The story in this bracket is that battle for the second spot to state. Um, and then, of course, the 4A state tournament is going to be held at Skip Walker Field in Twin Falls. So no matter who makes it, uh, mm -hmm. they're going to have a short distance to go to, to play these games, which will be nice. Yeah, that will be nice. And uh, I'm excited to to be on the call for that one. Uh, I don't have to travel, so I'll be the play-by-play -play over at Skip Walker Field for the 4A tournament, and that's that, that'll be fun. So, um, I, yeah, really interested to see who gets that. Not penciling twin in already, but, you know, they are <laughs> a, the favorite. And if things go the way they're supposed to, they will advance. Um, but that second spot, that'll be that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll pencil twin in. I'll go ahead. And pencil <laughs> I, I feel pretty good about that. All right, let's move to the three, a, uh, S C I C, uh, the opening round was last night, Scott, Wednesday night and, uh, top seed Kimberly beats number four seed filer 16 to three Garrett Nelson was kind of the, the big deal there. We'll talk about Kimberly's win in a second, but more surprising was gooding the three seed knocking off Buell, the two seed, nine to four after Buell swept the regular season series. Well, you know, the thing is baseball is a streaky game and you, you, if you watch baseball long enough, it's not always going to be the, the best team. It's going to be the hottest team or the team that's clicking right now. And I remember, and I liken it back to watching a lot of, you know, major league baseball and watching a team like the San Francisco giants who, you know, would, qualify as a wild card all of a sudden just catch lightning in a bottle and go win the world series you know we saw the pittsburgh steelers do that in with the wild cards when they were kind of having their their run of super bowl appearances it's about getting hot at the right time and this buell team struggled down the stretch you know th this is a team that started 10 and 1 and then down the stretch they lost six of their last eight you know and so they just were not in a position to to string some wins together and they were in prime picking territory for a team you know like gooding to knock them off and gooding's not a you know bad squad i mean you know they finished the the season with a 7 and 12 mark but they do have three junior pitchers that can at least get up there and throw patterson church and page um they've got 73 of the 96 total innings pitched for gooding and so they do have decent pitching and if they can just get a couple of timely hits, Gooding's one of those teams that can hang with you. Yeah, uh, 
Buell was supposed to play Filer uh, earlier this week in the regular season finale, and they didn't play that game because I don't think it was going to impact the seeding at all, but maybe that would have been an opportunity for Buell to kind of get right ahead of the postseason. Uh, Kimberly and Gooding played the full nine conference games. Buell and Filer only played eight this year. I don't know, maybe a little thing, but Buell's got a chance, right? They can fight through the back half of this bracket. Uh, it is two teams advanced to state, so the Indians certainly aren't done yet, but you're right. They, they got to they gotta find that magic again somehow. They do, and that's exactly what it is. They've just got to remember what got them there. And sometimes the psyche of a team is the hardest thing to crack. You know, so we'll see if Buell can find themselves. But, you know, you look at Kimberly in this bracket, and that's a solid team. Yeah. You know, and perhaps with a little chip on their shoulder. We'll see. You know, stat-wise, they're, they're bringing it. I mean, they're hitting over 400 as a team, you know, with the ERA at 4.86. But they've got two kids – you know, that can get on the bump and throw it in, in Stringham and Chadwick, both under, you know, 3.0 ERAs. And, um, you know, the Chadwick kid, especially 31 strikeouts to seven walks. So, I mean, you got a kid with control. So they've got a nice little one-two punch in Kimberly. And uh, we'll see if they remember what happened last year and if they can kind of shake that off and get something done. Yeah, they, uh, they're they rolling with a first-year head coach uh, yeah. this year at Kimberly, uh, Tom Myers, and he's done a phenomenal job. And this this is where you talked about the those top two pitchers for Kimberly. Um, they they went with the they went with their third guy last night, essentially Garrett Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was the guy at the plate, two for two, four RBIs. He was also the winning pitcher on the mound, uh, three runs on six hits, eight strikeouts in five innings of work. And so now uh, you've got River Chadwick um, and Stringham loaded up for. Kimberly's hoping one game, but let's say they did lose this game with Gooding over here. They've got, still got one more bullet in the chamber for this do or die winner take all game. So Kimberly is in a great spot with their pitching. Oh, absolutely. And that's the managerial strategy that we were just talking about. You know, Kimberly knew that they were going to be able to put some runs up and uh, they knew they had a decent pitcher in Nelson. They didn't need to use their one, two. And no matter who it was, I think Kimberly thought, you know what? We can score runs on Filer. And they did, you know, hung uh, six, 16 of them on. So I don't think Filer was going to score 17 runs, and Kimberly knew it. So let's throw Nelson and save the top two. Yeah, so they, they, we'll, we'll keep an eye on uh, the, the SCIC championship game. will be Friday night in Kimberly at 5 o'clock. Buell will host Filer with their season on the line Friday night at 5 o'clock as well. And then that that winner-take-all <clears throat> game for that second and final spot to state will be Tuesday night, May 9th at 5 p.m. as well at either Kimberly or Gooding, depending on who drops that game. That's kind of the other part now. If it's if it's Buell and Gooding rematching for, for that second spot to state, Buell loses the home field advantage, and they mm-hmm. would have to travel to Gooding for that contest as well. So that is that is yeah, that is correct. So then we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. Speaking of pitching, uh let's go to the two A Canyon conference. This is Literally, Declo and Wendell, and we've talked about what a good team Wendell has been this year. They beat Napa Christian, the 2A powerhouse, two different times this year, and yet Wendell may not get to state. Declo comes out the first game and, and picks up a really nice victory, 7-5. Um, to five. Uh, And then it was interesting on the Wendell side of it because their best pitcher uh, was not used here, Cooper Jones, 
and, and I assume Wendell's going to turn to him now with their season on the line. So Wendell didn't go with their best guy first. Now they're behind the eight ball a little bit down one, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I, I don't know what the process there was with Cooper Jones, but you know, you got to throw him right. You know, and for Declo, we talked about this before. I mean, sometimes it's just about matchups. It's about, you, you've got another team's number because Wendell has had a great season, but their Achilles heel has been Declo. And Declo just seems to, to know how to beat Wendell. And you do that enough, you get in, you get in a team's head. And for Wendell, they, they can go play anybody and beat anybody, but you line up Declo across them in baseball, all of a sudden the mental game is starting to really uh, be a problem here. You know, and, and in that game that they played, Silcock led the way two for three with a couple of doubles, five RBIs, five of the seven runs were because of this kid. You know, so um, Declo, though, if they're going to kind of advance, they tighten up the defense a little bit. They committed seven errors in that game, and you're not going to win many ball games by committing that many errors. Um, Wendell committed three, but, you know, still, Declo, did it again to Wendell. Not a not a long-term formula for success. Certainly, Treg Zaharias started on the mound for Declo. He only allowed three hits, but five runs. All of them were unearned because of those seven errors yeah. committed by the Hornets. And so he's like, and that's the sign of a great pitcher, picking up his teammates and saying, hey, don't worry, I got this. Let's take care of it. And so Declo did throw one of their best guys. Um, but Declo's got the mental edge now because they've beaten Wendell now so many times. Um, and and not just in not just in baseball, but this happened in basketball too, where Wendell had the upper hand early in the season. And by the end of the season, it had swung Declo's way to the point where they swept Wendell to nothing in that best of three basketball series. And it's a lot of the same athletes on both sides here. So it, it really is mm -hmm. starting to pile up mentally for Declo. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, it, and you're right. It's the same athletes. And sometimes you just get so used to being uh, on the losing end of whatever that jersey says across the way. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, we fight it here sometimes too. I mean, I think a lot of teams in our conference fight that twin stigma. They see twin balls across the other jersey and they're like, oh, we can't beat them. And that's been kind of a, a lot of what teams have done around here. And if you get that, that, that kind of that air about you, then you know what? That mental game does play a huge, huge role. Yeah. So Wendell's pitching, uh, Jaden Connell started the, the game for Wendell. I would say he's probably their number three guy just based on innings. Um, he only lasted two innings. Then their number two guy, Lucas McRoberts had to come in and pitch four innings in relief. So you'd think that he's not going to be available much if Wendell gets to that winner take all game three. And so they're, they're basically backed in the corner now where Cooper Jones, we need you to pretty much pitch the whole game, get a win for us. And then we will just try to figure it out <laughs> if we get to that third winner take all game. Uh, but the next time these two teams will play is tonight, Scott, uh, four o'clock. It's probably going on right now, actually, mm -hmm. in Declo. And so I guess we'll find out pretty quick if, if Wendell can keep their season alive. But yeah, we can. Otherwise, Declo is getting ready to head to state. Yeah. And that, that two A state tournament is wide open. Declo could get there and easily, I think, win it. So uh, it's going to be pretty fun. Um, okay. Let's talk the 1A Western Idaho Conference. This is District 3, Scott, but we have two District 4 teams that compete because there just aren't many District 4 teams that play 1A baseball Glens Ferry and Lighthouse Christian. Now, it's hard to tell 
we can't we literally can't see anything yet because not everybody has played the same number of conference games. I'm not sure how they're going to figure out the seeding and all that stuff. It's kind of a mess. This is a big league with nine teams in it. The one thing we do know is that Lighthouse Christian is penciled in as the number nine seed. That is the last seed because, as we've talked about a couple of times on the PrepCast this year, the Lions in their first year of baseball played kind of a hybrid JV varsity schedule, weren't a full-fledged member of the conference, and they said, basically, we know the deal. We'll just take the nine seed coming into districts and and see what happens. And yet, Lighthouse Christian beat the team that's in first place, Glens Ferry, Earlier this year, Camden Boyd threw a no hitter, and so this is this is not your typical nine seed. No, it, it, it isn't. It's one of those teams that is a nine seed by default, but it's also a first year program, so you never know. Um, but the interesting thing about this tournament, I mean, there's nine teams in it, and you you cannot effectively have a nine team district tournament. So the the last four teams, six, seven, eight, and nine, are going to have their own little tournament off to the side to figure out who the number six seed is to go play with the big boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a really interesting setup how they have this because they're going to start it uh, May 8th, you know, with those uh, six versus nine, seven versus eight winners play on the, on the uh, right after each other. Yeah. Um, Double header style. And then the winner of that game advances to play in the real tournament, which is uh, two days later. So, that's a, that's a grueling district tournament, especially if you're one of those four bottom seeds. Yeah, this is going to be held at Glens Ferry. Uh, they've got probably the best facilities in the entire conference. Great field there in Glens Ferry. Um, so this is all happening Monday. Lighthouse is going to play Monday. If they win, they're going to have to play uh, right again at 5 o'clock. And, and then if they win that, the next game is only two days later on Wednesday. So Lighthouse would have to, in theory, find a third pitcher to try and knock off the three seed. And let's say they get to that point, then they're probably calling on a fourth starter because it's still only three days later on Thursday would be the semifinals. The thing about this bracket, Scott, is the one and two seeds basically get double buys. And so for yeah. Glenn's Ferry, who's currently in first place, uh, Glenn's Ferry is in second place. Vision Charter is in first um, but getting a top two seed for Glens Ferry would be huge because they're pretty much already guaranteed to play for one of the four spots to state. Because even if Glens Ferry loses in this semifinal here, they're still playing in the the third and fourth place game here to to get a spot at state. And so if Glens Ferry finishes in the top two, they pretty much already clinched a spot at state and they only have to use two pitchers, whereas Lighthouse may have to use four by the time they get to the same point. Yeah, I mean, isn't 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 that the truth? And that's what makes this conference here so bizarre because the top two seeds get the bye and they pretty much, well, they have, they've punched their ticket already. It's just a matter of what seed are they going to be coming out of here because of the four berths to state, you know? So like you said, you take the number two seed who gets a bye and they play their first game and they win. Well, they're playing for either the first spot to state or the second spot to state but you get that number two seed team they have a bye their very first game they lose well guess what they're still going to state because it's now they're either going to be the third seed or the fourth seed going to state so weird this is a really interesting bracket and so glenn's ferry has had a great season and we'll see if they can uh get one of those top two seeds and and um, we'll keep an eye on Lighthouse as well as they try to pull off the ultimate Cinderella run here. Um, they would have to win one, two, three, four, five 
five games in five days <laughs> to, to win the district championship. So That's such a just such a far cry from being the number six seed or one of those play-in winners to the number one or two seed. I mean, just a vast difference. Yeah, it's almost like in college basketball, the West Coast Conference, where Gonzaga and St. Mary's basically got triple buys into the semifinals this year. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, kind of interesting. All right, let's go to softball now. And again, we'll start at the 4A Great Basin Conference. Uh, let me see here. This will load up. Okay, so Twin Falls is your one seed. Jerome is the two seed. Uh, you've got uh, first round action tonight, the four and the five Canyon Ridge hosting Wood River. Burley is uh, just like in baseball, the three seed. And so they are hosting the play in game between seven and six. That's Mountain Home and Minico. The winner of that will then turn around and play the Bobcats. But what do you make of this tournament field here, Scott? Well, you know what? It's, it's an interesting field just because, you know, again, you're talking about twin and Twin and Jerome were the two teams that came out of this conference last year. And Mountain Home was really good last year, but they got upset. Uh, Jerome knocked them off, and Jerome knocked Twin off. And here we go. It's the same two teams again. Uh, Twin, bring this up really quick. Um, so Twin, Twin went 14 and 10 this year, 11 and 1. Right. In a conference. Right. And the thing about it is <clears throat> uh, Twin Falls, who uh, really started their season playing some really good teams. I mean, we're talking they're playing Highland of Pocatello and Middleton and Capital and LaGrand, Oregon and Mountain View, you know, and Timberline. You know, I mean, and they, they took their lumps, you know, and that set them up perfectly for what they're doing down the stretch. And that's that's winning, right? So they are, um, like you said, 11 and one in the conference. Jerome is right behind them at 10 and two. And those two losses, obviously both to twin and they were both by one run. And one of those games was a game that Jerome had it won and blew it. And both of those games, Jerome was playing without arguably their best offensive player. So these two teams are pretty evenly matched. And if it goes chalk, then obviously it's going to be a Jerome twin, you know, championship. But, you know, there are some other teams in there that could surprise some people. And we talked about Wood River a little bit, you know, having their pieces finally come together. And uh, they are going to be, choo, choo, choo. they are the number five seed taking on Canyon Ridge. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Wood River is able to get by Canyon Ridge. And I, matter of fact, I'm going to call it right now. I think Wood River is going to win that game. And then they're yeah. going to take win. And, and then, you know, it gets interesting from there because uh, we mentioned Wood River this year has been in a lot of tight games where they lost to Burley by a run and they lost to Jerome by a run. And um, so, yes, Wood River is a team that's got some dark horse potential. And for Twin Falls, you know, they've kind of just like in baseball, traditionally, it's been strong pitching, strong defense. The pitching isn't quite as as dominant as it usually is this year. And I think that is what has opened the door a little bit for it's not just twin and lock it up. I mean, twin this year is averaging eight and a half runs a game, but they're giving up almost seven and a half. And so that, those are tight margins to play with. 
Yeah, they are. They, they certainly are. And that's not what Twin has been used to because you're right. They have had some dominant pitching in the past. And, you know, this year it's a, a little bit more closer to the average. And uh, they've just been able to outscore people, win close games. And in their conference, it's been no exception. They finally, you know, Twin dropped a conference game finally uh, the last game of the year in a 14-13 loss to Burley. Now, talk about Burley for a minute. I mean, Burley is not a slouch at all. I mean, this is a team that, you know, finished at 500 on the year, but they are a much better than a 500 team. I mean, they've got some, they've got some people that can throw the, throw the ball. I mean, they can put some girls in the circle that can really bring it. And uh, they're not a bad hitting team either. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying this conference right here with Burley and Wood River, the, the sneaky Burley and Wood River. Those are the two teams I think you watch out for. Yeah, Burley's uh, top two pitchers uh, are uh, Hallie Vaughn and then an Oakley girl, Cambry Beck. Um, mm. Yeah. Oakley players come and play with, with Burley for baseball and softball. And um, they're both pretty, pretty evenly, um, you know, they're, they're, they both complement each other well. And that's the thing. There's not, there's not that one dominant pitcher that you point to in softball in this conference and say, okay, she can put the team on her back and carry them. You know, we talked about Mackenzie Nelson from Wood River who threw that no hitter a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, but she's also had her ups and downs this year as well. And so there, there really isn't that one premier pitcher that gives everybody fits. Every, I think that opens the door for just about anybody. In fact, when you look at run differential, Jerome's got the best run differential. They're scoring over 10 runs a game and they're only allowing 7.2. Yeah. Either way, it's, it's a, a lot of runs being scored, which shows that the, the dominant pitching isn't there, you know, and each team, especially these top, uh, three teams at least have somebody that they can put on the hill or in the circle rather, uh, and, and do a good job. You know, it, it comes down really to softball on, on the hitting part of it. You know, when I'm looking at this second round game between let's say Burley beats Minico or mountain home and they should, and they go to Jerome to play. And that will be Saturday here at noon. Those two games that they played against each other were close. Uh, Jerome got them. Both times, one eight to seven, and the other one ten to eight. And so, I mean, I'm telling you, this Burley team is pretty dang good. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Buckle up. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting ride through the yeah. Great Mason. But but I will say this. I will say this about Jerome, though. I mean, I can't. I got to prop my own people here. <laughs> is that uh, you know Coach Hud um, has done a great job getting this young team ready because. We had a lot of returners from last year state and basically a bunch of sophomores from last year. And now they're juniors. We do have a a handful of seniors, but the core is really a young, young group. And uh, this is the first year on their brand new field. And so the the buzz and the excitement is still there for them. And and uh, they're they seem to think that they got a bone. to Well, they do have a bone to pick with twin because they lost to him twice not at full strength and like we can beat them. And in fact, last year they went over to twin in the district tournament, beat twin on their home field. So things are setting up very similar to how they were last year. We'll just see if the results are the same. 
yeah, this is going to be a really fun tournament to, to watch everybody duke it out. Really the top five teams all capable of getting one of those two spots uh, to state from this tournament here. All right, let's go to the 3A SCIC opening round games were last night. Uh, same exact seedings as baseball. Kimberly won, Buell two, Gooding three, Filer four, and the same exact results. Crazy. Kimberly, the one seed beats Filer 13 to two pretty easily. Gooding, after not being able to beat Buell in the regular season, gets the upset road win last night, eight to one. Uh, yeah, go figure. I mean, it's the it, exact same thing that happened in baseball. I mean, you know, Kimberly rolls, okay? Maddie Clark tore it up, home run, double three RBIs. Uh, freshman Addison Clark was four for four. Freshman Addison Clark, four for four with four ribbies, four runs scored. Um, not related, by the way. But uh, again, the interesting thing you brought up is like, here we go. Gooding beat Buell again after losing twice, 11 to one and 13 to 10 during the regular season. Go figure. So here we are. And Kimberly did go with uh, Mallory Kelsey, who, who who's pretty much their, their primary pitcher. And she has been so good this year. Uh, she really is a difference maker for Kimberly in the circle. And um, I think she's going to give teams problems, not just in the district, obviously, but um, if and when Kimberly gets to state as well, I think having a player of Kelsey's caliber in the circle really gives Kimberly a fighting chance to compete for the state championship in 3A softball this year. They've had a great regular season. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And, you know, she she was dominant, just three hits and seven strikeouts. Um, when you have somebody like that that can throw, and, and you mentioned it before, I mean, they don't need a lot of depth in the pitching. You get one girl that can get in the circle and just start winging it. Hey. You've got something. And uh, and Mallory Kelsey is that something for Kimberly. Yeah, Kimberly will host Gooding in the SEIC championship game Friday night at 5. Buell will host Filer with their season on the line Friday night at 5 as well. And uh, I like how in basketball we knew uh, two teams were advancing to state, but they still made like the third-place team come around and challenge the second-place team, and it was a true double elimination. And we, we kind of talked about how the games were almost meaningless because – Spots had already been locked up to state. It looks like for softball and baseball, they've cleaned that up and reduced it to the minimum number of games to get two teams to state, which I thought was good. So, yeah, no, I agree. It makes a much cleaner district tournament. Yeah, that's for sure. So, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there. 2A Canyon Conference again, it's Declo and Wendell. This three game series starts tomorrow night, Friday night, 4 30 in Declo. The Hornets took two of three from Wendell during the regular season, so they get home field advantage here. Um, Declo is a young team. Their top two hitters are a pair of sophomores, Scott. Yeah, uh, Jacoby Nebaker hitting 537 with five dingers, and sophomore Sage Wickle, 537, 17 doubles, 31 RBIs. I mean, when your youth is stepping it up and getting it done, um, it, it does motivate a lot of the other team, especially if you're seniors. And so, you know, senior Caitlin Coyle, uh, as playing well, 18 RBIs, but, uh, and she's also Declo's top pitcher, you know? So yeah, these young kids, uh, for Declo are really, really impressive. Yeah. And Caitlin Coyle's had a couple of eye-opening performances this year. She was one of our primetime pitchers one week during the season. We do that every Tuesday. We give our primetime pitchers the top five pitching performances from the previous week. And so Caitlin Coyle has been pretty good. 332 ERA, 97 strikeouts. I mean, she's going to hit triple digits there probably in the next game. And then you look at Wendell and Wendell's got the superior offensive player in Ainsley Clark, right? 
575 average, seven home runs, 47 RBIs. That that uh, surpasses anybody that Declo has. And Wendell's got really good balance behind that, but it's almost the opposite where Wendell's pitching has been a problem at times this year. Yeah, that that's that's the problem for Wendell. Their Achilles heel is going to be in the circle. You know, they their only three pitchers this year are a sophomore and two freshmen. And, um, you know, freshman Brianna Comstock has pitched the most innings, but she's got a 10.680 RA, you know, and their number two starter is a sophomore, Macy Bird. You know, she's got 30 and two thirds innings with a 6.160 ERA, but it's not, you know, it's not the, they don't have any pitchers. They just don't have any developed season experience pitchers, you know? And so they, that's the problem for Wendell. They just don't have the pitching. And so they have to hope to outslug Declo, which is tough. Um, especially when Caitlin Coyle on the other side is so good at limiting the damage. And so um, we'll see if Declo can, can pull it off here. Uh, game one of that series starts Friday night, but Declo is the favorite going in. And then we've got, again, the 1A uh, District 3 tournament where Lighthouse Christian and Glens Ferry will be participating. Glens Ferry is currently in first place in this league, Scott. We can't officially seed anybody yet because there's still a litany of of games, but but look at how different this bracket is compared to the baseball one. It's the same number of teams, nine, but there's only one play-in game, nine versus eight, and then it's a true eight-team double elimination bracket. I kind of like this a little better than the baseball one. Yeah, it's easier when you can uh, don't have to balance your pitching. You know, yeah. you can just trot girls out there, uh, a girl out there, and just let her wing it. Uh, baseball, yeah, you just have to set it up differently. But yeah, this one is much much easier. And there's a lot of games that are going to be played here uh, in this tournament. You know, Glens Ferry, you said, is currently sitting first. Lighthouse sitting sixth. Um, you know, Glens Ferry is, you know, that was a team that's got uh, some experience. I mean, two years ago, they won the 1A championship, you know. And so they uh, kind of reloaded with a, a young team, only two seniors and one junior, six sophomores and six freshmen. So this is a young team that just two years ago won a state title and now they've got a youth movement, and guess what? They're in first place. It's been a great formula where you still have those veteran players that were part of that success, but it is, you've mentioned kind of like Jerome, the core of the team is this group of sophomores and freshmen, and this is a team that's built on speed as well. Uh, look at the stolen base numbers this year for Glens Ferry, Scott. 164 stolen bases as a team. 164, I mean, wrap your mind around that. And they've got four players that have got 25 or more steals, you know, so you talk about manufacturing runs and putting people in position. This is a very aggressive Glens Ferry team. They're young, they're fast, they're aggressive, and they put a lot of pressure on a defense, you know, so you can't make any mistakes um, against this team, you know, so they've got, you know, stolen bases. Taylor Martinez leads the way with 27, uh, King, the junior, 26. Um, oh, Quinn King, the sophomore, 26 as well. So the Kings. And then uh, Arevalo has got 25 as a freshman. So you can't fall asleep on the base pass or this team will make you pay. Yeah, not only does Taylor Martinez lead the team in stolen bases as a sophomore with 27, she pitched a no-hitter against Notice earlier this week as well. So yeah, kudos to Taylor Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. The uh, sophomore getting it done at the plate on the base pass. 
uh, in the circle. You know, this is a, I mean, I'm excited for the future of this Glens Ferry team because they're good now. You know, I mean, imagine two years from now how good this team could be. So, yeah, Glens Ferry getting it done. Now you move over to Lighthouse. You know, this is a this is a team that is just kind of really all over the spectrum, you know, with their stats and their numbers. And uh, you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, they're scoring almost 12 runs a game, um, but they're allowing over 15 runs a game, you know. And some of, you know, their their games have just been marathon high-scoring games, including, you know, they beat Notice 23-22, to 22, which took four and a half days to complete. Uh, they beat or they lost to Garden Valley twice, one 16 to 13, but another one in extra innings, 29 to 28. That one took a week and a half to play, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, this is really what Lighthouse does. I mean, oh, and that's not all. They lost to Horseshoe Bend 36 to 32. Yeah, that was last week. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it's video game numbers when Lighthouse plays. And I, I am I am interested to see what they do uh, in this tournament because they they obviously don't have the pitching. <laughs> I think that's pretty apparent. But uh, boy, they get up there and they're not afraid to swing it. They're they're fun to watch. I'll give you that. That is uh, something else. It, it really is. It's kind of a coin flip. You know, we know they're going to score. The question is is can we just score one more than the other team? And sometimes they have, and sometimes they haven't. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I, that's, that's pretty exciting to watch, you know, just a, an aggressive team like lighthouse at the plate. Just, they don't care who you throw against them. They're going to, they're going to swing the bat and they're going to make contact and they're going to score runs. So you better be ready for them. Yeah. And the way this tournament works, um, unlike baseball where the top four get to advance out of this one, only the top three advance, and there's, there's only two districts in 1A softball and baseball. There's District 2 up north, and then mm -hmm. there's District 3. And um, in baseball, it's pretty simple. Four from the north, four from, from District 3, and it's an eight-team tournament. Softball's a little different. They're going to take three from the north, three from District 3, and then the final two spots, Scott, are going to be at large spots, basically awarded to the teams with the highest max preps rankings. And I will tell you that Lighthouse currently is not high enough in max preps to get that at large bid. So they would have to finish in the top three if they want to get to state. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the difference between getting to state if you're lighthouse or getting to state if you're Glens Ferry, because uh, Glens Ferry has got two avenues here. Uh, they can qualify outright through their district tournament, or they can rely on their max preps rankings, which will probably get them in a large berth. Right. You know, lighthouse on the other hand, they need to qualify. Um, or they're done. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this shakes out. But that is what's going on in district baseball and softball. The postseason is among us, Scott. This took a little long to navigate because there's a lot of hypothetical still. By this time next week, teams will have already wrapped up bids. It'll be a little more clear cut, and we won't have to speculate and pontificate as much. Ooh, I'm going to get my thesaurus out and realize, find out, figure out what you just said. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm gonna try to pontificate, pontoon it, or pon, Ponzi scheme. What? What did ponti <laughs> pontificate? There we go. Speculate, pontificate, ruminate. <laughs> you're, you're sounding like an NXS song. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody's going to get that out there. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a, a much clearer picture next week when we talk and we can be getting ready for state, um, state baseball, state softball. And uh, where, where are you at? Uh, for state baseball, I'm going to be at the 1A tournament up in Lewiston. So, oh, gee whiz. It's, it starts on Wednesday, actually. It goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, wow. Still, you make the trip from Pocatello all the way to the north. Well, you know, I thought by this point I'd be living in North Idaho. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, I, that was, so that was the plan originally. So when I signed up for this gig months ago, you know, I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be just a short drive. But anyways. Uh, yes, not so much said. anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll that'll be fun. Those those one A's thing. Those one A's are a ton of fun to to call and broadcast. So the drive, not so much. Yes. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Of course, we'll have our state baseball preview show uh, that we'll do live on IdahoSports.com as well. And IdahoSports.com is once again broadcasting every single pitch of every single state baseball tournament. So uh, we've got about. 10 days to go before we're hitting state. Uh, we will be back next week to talk more about district action until then for Scott Burton. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning into the magic Valley prep cast on IdahoSports.com.